You know, there's something about Father's Day. There's some similarities to Mother's Day. There's other similarities that aren't so similar at all. In fact, I heard this on the radio this week. Um, they, they found that um, on average per household, on Mother's Day, families spend something like $76 on mom. That's what they spend on average. And some are thinking, oh, we spend much more than that. No, we don't spend that much. It's on average about $76 on mom for Mother's Day. Any guesses on how much is spent on dad? About 22 bucks. 22 bucks. And some have thought, well, it's because dads really appreciate extra help, and so sometimes the gift on Father's Day is just helping dad out with stuff. Whatever. <laughs> and moms, you are much, much, much more valuable in that way. And well, well spent if we're spending more on Mother's Day. I'll give you that. But I'll tell you this, you know, um, that's one thing that's dissimilar, but there is something about Father's Day, Mother's Day that I've noted over the years it's one of those things in one of those weekends that for some it's a really great day, but not for everybody. And, and that can often come on when, when Father's Day brings on just memories of, of a dad that maybe wasn't present growing up. It brings maybe uh, memories of abuse, maybe memories of abandonment, just this brokenness of, yeah, not really liking Father's Day very much because maybe the idea of a father in your life was not a positive thing. Years ago, and I've shared this before, I remember my, my vicarage internship year uh, doing a, a chapel service with preschoolers, and the theme of the week was the love of the Father. And, and we were talking about Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and that particular week was the love of the Father, and I talked about God's love and the Father that God's Word reveals, and as the kids were coming out of chapel and I'm giving high fives and getting the preschooler hugs and just like, man, love ministry is awesome. And, and one of the teachers says, uh, Vicar, could you come here for a minute? I said, yeah. Like, one of the students is up front crying and had a really hard time with what you said today. I'm like, what? Like, what did I say? And, and then she explains, she says, well, her dad um, left them a few months ago and and just left for good, and, he, and she's without a dad. And I had to go sit down with this little preschooler and, and explain that God's love as the Father is perfect, and human fathers sometimes fail. They, they aren't perfect. And <laughs> tear your heart out, right? But very real. Sometimes the idea of a Father's Day isn't all happiness and joy and good news. The other way this kind of works too is I know this has been true in, in our life as a family. Father's Day is often very difficult ever since my father-in-law passed away. And I know my wife struggles. Father's Day is a really, really hard day. And it's years ago now. And maybe you come to worship today and Father's Day is a hard day because Father in your life isn't there anymore because of the Lord taking him home to be with the Lord. And, and that's hard. Father's Day can be a difficult day as we grieve those we care about and love and miss. Maybe as a, if you're a dad, maybe Father's Day is, is difficult for you because uh, you've, uh, you have a family and you've lost a child. And, and, and Mother's Day, Father's Day, same kind of dynamic. If you are a family and you've lost a child at some point in, in, in that time, this can be a difficult day from that angle too. It's, it's hard because 
A day like today just brings memories of a child that's not there. But I thought about this too. There's another way that Father's Day can be tough, and that is when we get into God's Word and we read all of these references to our relationship with Him and what it's like to have a, a perfect Heavenly Father, a Father that cares about us, loves us, and, and has called us to be His children and, and how that sets us free to live life to the full. And, and yet often what that can also bring is a reality check of, yeah, but am I really living that way? Where is my relationship with my Father today, my Heavenly Father? Is it in an amazing place or has it become estranged based in my actions and my choices in life? Especially when you read the scriptures we read today. I mean, man, you hear about this, this son just saying, hey, I want my inheritance, and he just moves out, takes all that money, and, and leaves. And maybe you've read this and learned this before, it says, it's as if he told his dad, you're, you're better to me dead than alive because what I really want is what you can give me. I want your money. And goes off and just squanders it to live life to the full and, and fill it with pleasures, do whatever he wants to become his own God and make life an, an idol to just be worshipped in any way possible and fill in the blank in that one. Maybe that's you today. And you're saying, how did I get here? And Father's Day for you when it comes to relationship with the Heavenly Father is not all happiness. And maybe it's more about avoidance and not really wanting to face this today. I want to show you a, a picture. Some years ago, about six years ago when I got here, I, I shared this picture. And, and to me, this is a pretty powerful Father's Day reminder today. How many of you have been to Camp Arcadia before? And keep your hand up if you've been to Camp Arcadia and have gone on what's known as the blowout hike. A few less hands up. This is the scene from, um, basically they call it the blowout hike, and it's several miles up the road from Camp Arcadia, which is in northern Michigan, just south of um, uh, Traverse City up that way, and, and just beautiful country up there. But this, this hike is one of the activities that families can take on at a time at the camp. And, and, it, and basically, it amounts to driving up to a trailhead uh, a couple miles north of the camp, and then uh, about a mile and a half hike through this just beautiful, uh, pristine uh, woods and wilderness. And as you get closer to Lake Michigan, you can just hear the waves in the distance. But you also notice the terrain changes. You, you go from walking a, a needle-laid path through these pine trees and other big trees to it starts to get really sandy because it's all sand dunes that have blown up over the years. And as you get closer to the water, the, the sand gets really deep where your, your feet are sinking in halfway up your ankles and then close to your knees in some points, depending on if it's rained recently or not. And it, it gets really tough to walk through all this the sand. But one of the things they tell you at Camp Arcadia, if you go as a family, and especially if you go with young children, when you get to the top of the bluff, looking down out over the blowout, a blowout of sand, this huge dune, is that it's further to the water than you think. And if you look at this picture, do you see those little dots way down at the corner, right, right hand lower corner? Do you see those dots? Those are people. Just to give you some perspective, 
Um, it's a long, long, long way down. And it's very, very steep, and it's all sand all the way down. And what they'll tell you is, if you're there with your family, it's going to be really tempting to want to run down that hill. And, and you know what? I've done it because it's really, really fun. The problem is coming back up. And what they tell you is, it's a lot of fun running down, but the problem is it takes another hour to get back up because it is so impossible to climb up as the sand is just rolling down and you're sinking in. It's an exhaustion kind of thing, especially on a hot day. And they tell you, tell your kids, have a word with them, unless you have an extra hour and a half to deal with what's going to be the aftermath of attempting this, don't even do it. And uh, so I remember, uh, our, we thought, hey, we've never done the blowout hike, and it was my daughter, Abby, she was in fourth grade, and, and we walked through the woods, and we get to the top of the bluff, and I'm like, here, Abby, let's take a picture, and, and oh, it's a great day, and beautiful, but it was hot, and I'm thinking, man, I'm out of water, uh, let's, let's start going back to the car, but let's first of all take a few pictures, and, and so then I turned my attention, and, uh, and I said, you know, it's a good thing, as we've talked about it, Abby, we're not going down because it's too hot today. We don't have enough time to go down the, the sand dune. They told us not to do this. We're not going to do this, right? And, and I'm taking pictures. And here's the next picture. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, see this kid? See how he's struggling to get up? And as I'm talking, I'm realizing she's not responding to me. And, and I keep taking a picture. And in my camera lens, look at this next one, I see my daughter running jumping down the sand dune. And, and, and she just kept going. I'm like, Abby, no, right? And she just kept running. And the wind in her hair, and like, are you kidding me, kid? <laughs> and uh, we haven't seen her since. <laughs> now, she got down to about where those people are in the distance, and, and she turns around, and I'm like, Abby, get up here! You know, and I'm trying to not make a big scene, but I'm really, really mad. <laughs> like, we don't have time. And, and I can see where this is going. And she turns around, and she starts her climb, and she gets maybe 30 feet, and she said, Dad, it's too hard! I'm like, yeah, go figure. You're going to have to figure it out. And I stood there and waited and waited and she'd make a little progress, and then finally she just sat down and didn't do anything. And I'm like, Abby, you gotta come up. And she starts crying. She's like, I can't, Daddy. And I'm like, ah. So what do you do? <laughs> you know, I, I think about how many times I've been in that place, not as a dad, but as a child, of choices I've made. Decisions I've made to just disobey, run the other direction, and, and you know what? Maybe it is like, oh, but, but Daddy said, you, just don't run all the way down. I'll just run half the way down because let's see. Maybe my relationship with my Heavenly Father is all about what I can get away with. And, and did you read what, what God's Word said earlier today when, when we read this in First John and he's going on and he says, you know, and in him is no sin, and no one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous just as he is righteous. And the one who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. 
And so he goes on. Like, no one who lives in him will continue. And you hear those words like, yeah, but I, I, my life, my relationship with the Father is often about just what I can get away with, if we're honest. You know what? The thing is, it's a lot of fun to be gliding down the side of that slope. Man, it's great. <laughs> Until you realize how far you've gone and how hard it is to get back in a way that we just, in, in grief, in shame, in guilt, just plop ourselves down and say, now what? <laughs> now what? But you remember what happened today in the gospel reading? That child who goes off with the inheritance of his father, who, when Jesus tells that story, everybody who's listening to it would expect, yeah, that, that son should be disowned, shouldn't be even given the inheritance, and yet he gives it, hands it over. He should be written off, but he's not written off. We, we have this indication that the father simply waits and waits and waits. And the heart that turns and this child that says, I've sinned, I don't deserve to be in the family anymore, and, and turns toward the father, back to come home again. You know, maybe that's where God is calling you today. To just realize where you are and realize your helplessness, realize the choices you've made as a child. And the, the understanding that, you know, we don't deserve this relationship after what we've done. And yet, this is where God surprises us. And hear this, if you're a person who continues to live in the guilt and the shame of your reality. Either choices you've made recently, choices you've made in your past, choices that continue to haunt you and, and break your relationships and, and continue to struggle in you, in you. What does God say about who you are? Because it would be easy for us uh, to just pause today and say, what defines me is my sin. Well, could it be we're maybe focusing on the wrong thing on this Father's Day? See what God's Word says. Paul writes, by the Spirit of God, he says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery, leading again to fear. But you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. I just love that word and often forget that word. I remember sitting in a counseling office years ago in the midst of just a personal struggles and just pouring out my soul and just trying to figure out what was going on. And I remember my counselor saying to me at that moment, Christian counselor saying, you know, it sounds to me like you're longing for a heavenly father, a, a daddy relationship with your heavenly father. And there's something about those words that resonated to me in a way I just never really pondered before. I, my relationship with the heavenly father, I was always thought this fear, fear kind of relationship and this respect at a distance. And he really encouraged me to spend some time in the word to see what the word says about that relationship. And there it is, Abba, father, literally daddy. You know, in, in this day, when, when Paul writes this, and you think back in, in first century and Judaism and, and the thought of 
referring to God the Father as Daddy would have been unheard of. This is revolutionary, what Christ brings about when he brings us in the family through the adoption, that Spirit of God washed over us as children of God in in such a way that our relationship is now restored, not based in sin, but in forgiveness and grace. And, And now you can turn to the Father. Call him Daddy. His open arms. He says it further, too, in Galatians 4. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, who calls Abba, Father, the perfection of Jesus, the one who never sins, the one who's willing to die in your place and go the way of death to lay down his life as the son of God in order that you might be adopted into the family through Christ's righteousness that now defines who you are and your place in the family. It's for that reason the Father with open arms, welcomes his son home. He's like, I'm not worthy to be part of the family anymore. And and there he says in the great surprise and turn around, let's have a party. Because my son who was once lost is now home. We have reason to celebrate. You know what? We have reason to celebrate today. Because our father doesn't leave us struggling on the hillside. No, he, he comes down to where we are. And he rescues us, he leads us, he fills us, he, he champions us, and he says, you matter to me, you're my child, and I'd do anything for you. And I remember when we, we got to the top of the hill, and we took another picture. You know, what a memory. But what defined that day was the joy of being together. As a father and a daughter, I'm not a perfect dad, that's for sure but I learned something about myself that day, of what really matters is what a father, our heavenly father, is willing to do for us. We praise him for it. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your rescue. And we give you thanks that you have made it possible for our relationship with the father, our daddy, our heavenly daddy, to be restored today. We pray that on this Father's Day that we would find that spirit of joy in that incredible gift of forgiveness and grace and mercy, Lord, that defines us and gives us reason to give thanks today and have a party. Lord, may we do so as your people, your family, your children in your presence today. It's in your name we pray it. Amen.